week three of yoga teacher training diaries and what can I say I can't believe that I'm already at week three naturally time just moves seemingly fast when you're immersed and it doesn't really it just means that time is going anyway and whether you're doing something that you love or don't love it's still going to move fast and that's that that is life I remember starting this thinking that wow one month is a long time to be away from work and to be disconnected and to live a different lifestyle and to change my habits and to experiment with a different way of life and to be fully committed into something seemingly new but also not that new because I have been practicing yoga on a practical level for I guess more than six years and I gotta say the theory and learnings have been very much so empowering and every day there's something new to discover and and I think with the routine that we've been practicing every day has given a sense of clarity and higher concentration in my mind that I am able to focus more on the subject and I have reduced the irrelevance of other matter on so many level. I almost feel that my mind is lighter, it's liberating and I can't imagine how I allowed myself to be so clogged up and occupied for the past year actually when when things were getting heavy and now that I have a chance to step aside to do this and begin to make space and to organize things in my mind I'm just wondering is this what it takes for us to have a more balanced state of mind and is that what it takes when we're busy dealing with responsibilities and we are unable to have the luxury of space and calmness in the mind. I guess the whole preach of self-discipline makes a lot of sense. I mean, there is joy in order, even though it's extremely hard to execute, even though there are days that we will convince ourselves that it doesn't matter, that it's okay to slip away, it's okay to take that break, and it's okay to stick outside of the schedule. But is it really okay, or are we simply compromising our needs? This week has been harder because by week three, we are meant to be seekers, and as seekers, you are already transitioned from a student before a teacher where you are more aware and you have sharper focus and you begin to inquire 
more relevant questions and your absorption of knowledge is just easier and it's almost like a conditioning of the mind and body and spirit I guess it's funny because this week I found myself trying to make excuses to be a little bit reckless trying to get away with 5-10 minutes of arriving late just because it really shouldn't matter and that hey it's okay to have leeway every now and then but I remember there was this one day every time we arrive in the morning we would ring the bell before we head into the shala and somehow I haven't really been ringing the bell just because I just felt it was unnecessary if someone else was going to do it then then so be it the, the, the sound of the bell at once is enough and this week there was this day where I took my time in the morning made my coffee potted around in a garden and just had a really beautiful morning ritual and ended up arriving at 7.10 7.15 to the shala which is approximately 15 minutes late from the time that I'm meant to be sitting down and meditating and on this day it was the same day that I somehow walked in and rang the bell and as soon as I rang the bell I thought in my head oh damn like the teacher is going to know that I'm late today and I just allowed that thought to slip away and that was that when I went my meditation when I went my practice and it was all good during um, yoga philosophy class later on around one o'clock um, somehow the teacher turns around and asks us how is your sadhana practice today and sadhana means your spiritual practice and and he got us to describe our day from the moment we woke up and he was wondering whether we have been self-disciplining ourselves to stick to the schedule without necessarily him imposing it on us and it had to be the day where I chose to be a little bit more reckless and so when it was my turn I was honest I told him about my timing and went on all the way till one o'clock to list my activities and I think he was trying to I guess put me in my place and also trying to be a little bit more strict or at least trying to mirror my weakness by letting me know that Rachel honestly if you are unable to create boundaries for yourself and to protect your personal space then no one else can do it for you you must understand the importance of these boundaries in between yourself and external world because at any time these boundaries become weak then you compromise your inner strength you lose power and I don't mean power in in the sense of greed and extremism it's more like power of being power of the self and these excuses that we set ourselves up to to like me coming 10-15 minutes late just because well I lied that I went to take petrol but you know really I just took my time to have coffee and I decided to burn an incense and I don't know pick some flowers in my garden I was really just taking my time and that was that he was quite firm on the idea of making me understand 
the importance of self-respect, which really got me thinking where sometimes when I'm surrounded by people with like rigid schedules, I tend to question, is it really necessary and isn't it important to be flexible every now and then? I guess the answer is yes and no. It is important to protect your personal space and yet it is also very important to be adaptable. That being said, I think I'm starting to have greater appreciation for discipline and structure more and more. It feels like the past one, two years, my my journey has been about understanding structure because I was pretty much born in a situation where it was structureless. It was cowboy and super independent type of environment where I could pretty much do whatever the heck I wanted and it really didn't matter. And so growing up, that was my reality. Structure didn't make sense because it was irrelevant. Lawlessness and orderlessness was a norm for me and and it was an environment that I was most comfortable to flow within. And over the years growing up, I mean, different judgment from different areas doesn't really matter from being someone who's comfortable with the gray area, being in a space in between, being flaky even on some ends. But the more I grow older, or at least the more I am where I am now, the more I realize that all that happened for a reason in order for me to find my way towards a structure that works for me. Because at the end, that's what it's all about. It's all about creating a recipe that works for you and a recipe that works for myself, which is not going to necessarily work for anyone else. I mean, I can probably advise and give tips and and share my experience, but it's never going to be 100% applicable to others because fundamentally we are all just so different from our personality to our charisma to our structure our bodies our mindset our culture our upbringing our family our language our habits our minds it is diversity on the next level and so there's no way a one-size-fit-all model would work and this week i really started to see the bigger picture of how whatever we were learning from week one, week two, week three, from philosophy to my practice to to the karma yoga to the schedule, how it's all mapping out some sort of foundation that is going to give me strength and a framework to continue on in this path and I'm not saying this path as though I'm talking I'm going to be a yogi or a yoga teacher it's got nothing to do with identification and the role but it's really about once again me immersing myself into a life experience that gives me this new pair of lenses this new framework this fresh perspective on life as a whole and more importantly on myself and how things 
function within that affects the way I react in relation to the external world. Because I I was obviously the type that grew up doing things halfway. I mean, I always know this because my dad always told me, oh, Rachel, you know, if you could only just do something from A to Z, maybe you would be somewhere better right now. I mean, he doesn't say it that way, but I was always categorized as someone who would do things halfway and I didn't take it personally but of course it was always echoing at the back of my mind growing up thinking yeah I mean my dad was right everything I did and I mean everything because boy am I experimental I've done if I look I was starting to look back into the different roles I played from the moment I was a child to kindergarten to primary to high school to university and I played so many different hats I tried to specialize in so many different things that I'm almost a jack of all trades but none but I'm not saying that in a way that I think I have no skills but it's more of I have experienced so many different elements to life that has made me the person I am today and seeing that pattern of mine of being someone who is half in, half out, 100% committed in my own way, but also 1% in many different ways, where it's almost like a contradiction where I'm fully invested and fully committed and fully loyal in elements of my life, but also extremely detached. I think that's confusing for a lot of people because at one point I am all there and on the other I am absolutely not there and this way of behavior has been my strength and also my weakness on different levels in different parts of my life and the reason why all of this is coming up is really because I'm coming towards the end of the course and once again I am empowered and inspired on another level of having this new way of understanding myself and I know this will be yet another tool that I will take on to the next phase in my life to continue becoming better and to continue in this journey of trying to shape and be my best self or whatever that is and I remember at one point I mean I've tried a lot of things and these little experiences are an accumulation and I feel like it's very important because they're like little Legos that is building this this solid foundation that is going to stabilize and ground me as I get older because at the end, if you don't have this foundation, then, then what do we really have at the end towards the weaker and later parts of our lives? If we can't find a way to continuously to continuously understand ourselves and to have a better relationship with the within then then everything else will always be breakable too easily and we would be subjected to 
misery. I mean joy, but also misery a lot easily. And I think the purpose of having this skill to self-analyze and self-study is really because the world is going to continue changing the way it does, and this progressiveness is not going to stop. And you, as an individual, as a human being, need to ask yourself, how do I fit in in this grander scheme of things? And whether you fit in or don't fit in, how do you maneuver your way through in order to create harmony? Because Lord knows, life is already hard as it is, and. If this one thing we can do is really to be able to integrate in the best way possible, and in through this integration, to still remain balanced and composed within, because at the end, nothing else in this world is going to matter if the world within you is blur and dark and shady and inconsistent, and and it will be your worst enemy and. And you don't want to make yourself the worst enemy because then you're just never really going to be happy. It's always going to be a struggle. And so, this elements, this knowledge of like experience, learnings. I see them as just another school of thought, another technique, another tool for us to understand. The functionality of our mind and our being, and in relation to the lives that we choose to live. I think yoga and whatever that I've been learning now is definitely a solid pillar, and it's funny because there is a strong correlation to that time I went for vipassana and found myself in the middle of a world of meditation, though I never continued it consistently after that, but. I will never deny that that knowledge still stands strong within me. I feel it. I know it, and I, I, it's a lens that that works in every context and every situation, and and in perceiving myself in the world. And it's funny that these references are somewhat relevant into my current learnings, where meditation is another pillar of a grander scheme of things. That is related to asanas and postures and the physical body. It's so interesting because what I'm learning now is called Raja Yoga, and Raja Yoga basically resembles a series of different yoga from like Ashtanga, Kundalini, um, yoga through music, yoga through uh, geometrical patterns, and then、um, devotional yoga and. And so on, but in within Ashtanga Yoga, within Raja Yoga, there are this thing called the eight limbs, which is the science of yoga as a whole, and it's basically Yama Niyama Asana, Pranayama, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi, Ashtangiyo, and every single word means. Like something amazing, and I wonder. I wonder about people who only do yoga and then who don't understand meditation, because that's not possible. Because all every every one of these elements come from a grand school of thought, and I wonder about people who 
do meditation only but have like very little understanding about but their physical self because at the end everything is interrelated and and it's so important to explore these knowledge because because it would build a bigger picture and a sharper picture and 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 you would just start to understand life and yourself in in a whole other way and and it gets lighter it gets easier and it empowers you on so many levels because i think a lot of times we're deluded in our own ways not consciously but unconsciously and on subconsciously and there's nothing wrong with it but but because of that delusion we are misled on so many occasions and we live a life that is not at its best or true well i wouldn't say true potential at its best potential because we're unable to see beyond we're just microscoping everything and we're just shaping our beliefs and and rationalizing our thoughts as though it's reality when if you come and think about it everything can be right and everything can be wrong i mean i know this is a hard thing for most people to to accept and in some or most worlds they would think that well they would stereotype it as someone who is like lost or someone who's just finding themselves or like discovering life these stigmas i mean it's one thing to be affected by it but i i find it fascinating of how we choose to see others and how we choose to categorize people according to the way they speak the way they communicate the way they present themselves or to the things they subscribe to and and sure these categorizations are great for us to have an easier access into understanding others but it's so important to know that it's not the entire truth is it and it takes a lot of courage to question and i hope i hope we never lose this courage i hope we never lose this drive to to understand ourselves and its relation to the world we live in and to continue being open to knowledge as a whole regardless of culture regardless of bank background regardless of language history has so much to teach us i mean it's a mirror of of our stupidity and also how we're just constantly in this cycle of a repetition of mistakes because we we're deluded we're just deluded and we're seeing the same things over and over maybe in different forms but it's almost like a cycle and there's nothing wrong with it but it's just so important to be aware it's just awareness is such a beautiful thing and whether it's true or not true that that effort of wanting to be aware is beautiful as it is